ladies and gentlemen, welcome on the Art Hour. And together with me on the studio today, I have Rainer Stanier. Perfect. There you go. You are the founder of the other art fair. I am. And which is, uh, which you founded back in 2011, correct? That's right, yeah. How did you come up with an idea of initiating an art fair? Um, so, I mean, I had a little bit of experience working on different art fairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got was lucky enough to go to Hong Kong and work on, I think it was the second edition of Art Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working for a guy called Tim Etchells who sort of started that. And it's, I guess it gave me a little bit of inspiration. Um, I also had that with, um, coupled with having lots of artist friends, seeing their difficulties of getting work sold and trying to get in front of curators and gallerists. I sort of just had this idea of doing a fair for artists rather than for galleries. Um, I mean, it was just an idea at that point and sort of... Did you huh. s- study something art-related? Before? Yeah. I knew nothing. Okay. I mean, really. Okay, so guys, so there is a no hope. If someone wants to get involved in the arts... Exactly, yeah. Okay. No. So you, you started with so working for art first. Yeah. So you gained the experience and you said, okay, why am I not doing something by myself? No, exactly. I mean, I always knew I wanted to do... Um, you know, I wanted to run my own business, I guess. Um, but I didn't really have, you know, the, the idea, I guess, is what everyone's looking for. Um, I had a large group of artist friends who, you know, I sort of surrounded myself with. And so I was sort of in that network. Um, and I actually start actually before the other art fair, not many people know this, but I actually took a little pop-up gallery in Covent Garden. And the whole idea was really just to showcase some of my artist friends and really just to, I mean, there was no sort of financial incentive for me. It was just to have a bit of fun with my friends and put shows on. And so I guess I learned quite a lot through that process. Um, and then from there, I just thought, oh, hold on a minute. I'm kind of missing. I don't want to be a gallerist. Um, I'm missing Why working not? in events. <laughs> Why not a gallerist? Well, I mean, I didn't know much about I knew my my knowledge was in running events. Hmm. Right. I know how to. Well, at that point, I knew how to put on an event, do the production. I sort of had a good understanding of marketing and creating a brand and creating a bit of buzz around an event. Let's say. Um, so that's kind of where it started, and then. Yeah. So you put down your skill set, your experience, what you fancy to do, uh, how you can help your uh, friends and yeah. support them in their vision, yeah. which I, sub- I suspect were uh, emerging artists, recent graduates, exactly. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, emerging artists I mean I saw that they the way that the way that I saw them putting on shows were you know they'd take a space somewhere sort of miles out in the middle of nowhere because they'd get a free space they'd invite their friends along and their family along who come for the opening night have a few free drinks but nobody you're not really sort of progressing as an artist I mean it's very nice to do but then then what you know you're not getting new faces through the door you're not getting really much exposure it's really hard to like get any press off of doing a show like that. Um, so I guess that's where the gallery came from because I thought, well, if we do the similar thing, but somewhere in central London, and I take on, let's say, the business or marketing aspect of that, and then I reach out to people and just really being fearless and just, you know, I remember just like calling, I don't know, I can't remember who, I think I probably was Nicholas Sorota at one point. Hey, <laughs> do you want to come along to this little pop-up show I've got going on called Artbeat? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, and it's kind of that fearless, that naive fearlessness um, at the beginning. And I guess that's sort of... I think it still works. Yeah, it still works. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. I mean, that's the benefit of not being sort of part of an industry at that particular point. Obviously, now we are. So you decided to run up that hill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still running. (laughs) And um, you are now... um, You have staged around... Uh, 40 art fairs by so, now? Yeah, something like that. I know this year, our Melbourne fair, which I believe is our fifth or sixth fair of the year, is going to be our 50th. Okay. Yeah. So, so since 2011, you have put together 50 art fairs. 50 art fairs, yeah. And which one is your favourite one by location? <sighs> if, I if, mean, I can, if I can ask yeah, something I mean, <laughs> like that. <laughs> I answer London because we're in London. But no, I mean, obviously London is such... It's so close to me and all my friends come along to the fair still and they love it. That's where you start from. Yeah, it's my home. So, you know, that's my favourite. But equally, it's amazing going to Sydney or even Dallas. I mean, we launched in Dallas last year. 
having ne- and I'd never been there. I mean, I'd done a lot of research and connected with lots of people, and um, I mean, there's a real thriving artist community there. And it, but you know, we're slightly well, and we've got a fantastic team in LA actually that run the Dallas Fair, and they know the city very well. Um, but I mean, just going there and putting on a fair. Uh, because ultimately I'm still trying to recreate the same spirit of the fair which started in London in this new city, you know, in Dallas. New environment. Yeah. So new aesthetics, new special Exactly, but you still uh, need management. The, but you still want the same spirit, mm-hmm. essentially. So what is the spirit of the other art fair and why it's yeah. different from all the other art fairs? I mean, back in 2011 when you started, things I think were a little bit simpler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of art fairs and art fairs were uh, more limited. Yeah. But now we have an abundance of art fairs. Yeah. Uh, perhaps it's getting too much for galleries to follow, for uh, collectors to follow, running from art fair to art fair. Yeah. So what is this element that you believe that uh, contributes to making the other art fair standing out or uh, making it a successful project? Well, I guess, I mean, there's a number of things. I think in terms of when I talk about the spirit of the fair, I think that's something which was so important at the beginning. It's still equally as important today. And I think it does set us aside from lots of other fairs. I'm not saying all of them, because some, you know, do a good job. But that's really just an openness. I think it's the openness. You know, people come into the fair, they can connect to an art, they can chat to an artist. There's, you know, we can talk about pr- the prices are on the wall. We've got... So the artist is not something above and beyond, no, like a, no. on a pedestal. I mean, all, exactly. You know, it really strips it back to, you know, we're all human beings and we like to connect. So for those who do not know the structure of the art fair, mm. Who is exhibiting? Are also galleries exhibiting or only the artist directly? It's just the artist directly. It's just the artist directly. So the criteria is it's for artists that don't have an exclusive arrangement with a gallery. I don't, because we're not against the gallery system at all. Mm-hmm. We actively encourage gallerists. In a b- perfect scenario, gallerists come to the fair, enjoy, you know, have, enjoy the, the event, but also sign, a gall- uh, sign an artist. Mm-hmm. That's the best case scenario, because artists still want to get signed. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them do, some don't. Yes. Yeah, so, so how do you choose from the abundance of artists? I so, mean, at the beginning yeah. you had your friends, but yeah, then yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's increasing some thousands of thousands <laughs> of, of artists. So yeah. how do you choose the artists who are going to be in? Well, I mean, it's an online application. So artists go online and uh, they put four works forward. They, their inst- Instagram, obviously, is such a good indication of their practice now. Uh, we ask them to put a CV and an artist statement and a website. And so we just look at their work, get an understanding of who they are. Um, and then we have a selection committee that will go through and choose the artists. How many are in this selection committee? So we usually have between four or five. And they're usually it's usually made up of like a gallerist, an artist maybe, a curator maybe. Um, so it's not the same every year? No, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Every, every selection committee is different. And every fair starts again, meaning that it doesn't matter if you've done the fair 20 times. You have to reapply for every fair, and then it's a new selection committee that would then select or not select you. Are there some regular ones? There are lots of regular ones. We have about <laughs> 50% actually have done the fair before. Mm. So it gives you a bit of... And th- so therefore, for every fair that we run, it's about 50% new. Okay. I uh, will go to the White Stripes, uh, Bowl and Biscuit, and back with uh, Ryan Steiner. Stania. Stania. <laughs> <laughs> and the other art fair. <laughs> about me 
But soon enough you will care by the time I'm done Let's have a ball and a biscuit, sugar Take our sweet little time about it Have a ball, girl. And take our sweet little time about it. Tell everybody in the place to just get out. We'll get clean together, and I'll find me a soapbox where I can shout it. about the other art fair and that it's basically um, emerging artists having the opportunity to exhibit their art yeah and uh, some of those get international uh, opportunities as you said around 50% are uh, around the same artist yeah is this the same artist around the world or is changing uh, depending on the location obviously yeah I mean more local based uh, artists participating mm-hmm. exhibiting well I mean the idea of each fair is to support that uh, the, lo- the local artist community so when we launch a fair in Toronto we're launching this year we're looking to have predominantly Toronto based artists because we want to connect those artists with local buyers I mean that's fundamentally what we're trying to do um, we are an international fair obviously we're actually running 14 fairs this year which I believe is the most, more than anyone else now. <laughs> so, Congratulations. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just means that um, it seems I'm more grey hairs. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the, but then we do get a lot of artists, for example, if you get an artist in Brooklyn that's selling really well, they want to try and connect to the London market, say, then we do have a few, probably quite a lot, well, I'd say probably about 20 to 30% art- percent of artists now come from abroad to do international fairs. Are they all emerging or there is a limit or they have to be recent graduates or Mm. is there something as a requirement or some social criteria that you get into consideration when you see the applications? We don't specify. So, you know, I mean, I would say it's when when we're looking, when we're going through our selection, I mean, we're really just looking on the quality of the work um, and really just looking for artists that really take their practice seriously. They're committed to becoming, you know, being an artist. Um, I mean, what you can't select off of just, you know, an online application is are artists that, you know, have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit to them. I mean, I've always said the other art fair is not for every artist. You know, it's not because it's very difficult. You know, you've got to come to the fair. You've got to show your work. You've got to stand in front of it and then talk to people about it. You have to be a salesman, basically, at the same time, a promoter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we do recommend it. They come with somebody, so you're not just on your own on your booth, but mm-hmm. sometimes you are. Mm-hmm. So I fully appreciate how difficult that is, and but we do try. I mean, we, I we think this is a, 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 a continuous fight for artists, mm. where they find the the balance of creating their art and promoting their art. Yeah. So basically, you require a step further here yeah. for this specific um, art fair. Totally, yeah. and look, probably nobody's taught you that. You know, if you've gone to art school, I doubt that there's, uh, well, from, to my knowledge, I don't think they teach, you know, the business side. So, I mean, maybe they may touch on it, but, you know, you're definitely not walking out being a businessman. No. Um, so Even in the business school. No, no, exactly. I went to business school yeah. and I didn't know anything <laughs> until, you know, you actually get into the real world. Um, but, I mean, knowing that, I mean, obviously we work with all the artists that do the fair. So we put workshops on, we do talks. I mean, it's a real, like, the way that we've always, we view every fair is that we're going in. It's almost like we look at this fair and we go, right, we're going into this with, uh, we've got 140 artists for the upcoming fair. Mm-hmm. But there are 140 partners. You know, we're all in this together. And, you know, we really want to make it work for everybody. So we've got a team that always available. They're trying to take questions and everything, you know, silly questions sometimes. But, 
you know, I think it's important to be that support network for artists when they're participating. So you're just not like... Yeah, you know, so the art fair happens and uh, then it finishes. It lasts it's four days. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened afterwards? I mean, uh, what is the, the link of the artist with the art fair? And are there more opportunities yeah. um, that are given um, to the artist afterwards, after the participation? So, are I there mean, kind of follow-up yeah. events, perhaps? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is something that I sort of was thinking about back in 2011, was how, you know, how do I work with artists all year round? I'm not a gallery, and I want to run an art fair. So, and an art fair is restricted to three and a half days, really. Okay, um, and the way that we've sort of the way that we do that now is partnering with Saatchi Art. So, all of the artists that participate in the fair, they have a profile on Saatchi Art. All the works up available online, and so we can actually retarget anyone that came to the fair. So, the data. This is the data side. Um, so if you've come to the fair before, I'm sure you've received many emails from us since. I have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then, you know, we, we can sort of try and sell work through the online platform throughout the year. But then we do, we put on other events. I work with private clients. So often, you know, somebody will come to us and sort of ask for recommendations for artists. We work with brands. So um, we've recently done a deal with Bombay Sapphire. So, and as part of any sort of brand deal, we connect artists that we've worked with at the fair. Um, so that I guess my hope is that we're creating lots of opportunities and we continue to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so it really does, I mean, it really, like the intention is to extend beyond three and a half days. I got new bags and they all collapsed 
I rubber band a bunch of thousand dollar Delta gift cards. I mean my baby boy, amazing the cash online unknown. I mean my baby boy, blazing the dash, got money at home. So that was Frank, Ocean, and Chanel. And it's the first track that I'm going to ask why you chose this one. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know, really. I, I guess it's probably the song I listen to the most on my iPhone. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I listen to it every morning on the way into work. On my, I have a little scooter. And um, I hope my mum's not listening, but I put my <laughs> headphones in. And so I go along yeah, and Yeah, that sounds very dangerous exactly, as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in London. And uh, you mentioned before, uh, very briefly, that you initiated a collaboration with the Sacha Gallery, where the relationship and the support of the artists becomes ongoing because uh, they have the ability to upload the work yeah. and uh, have a stronger presence online. Yeah. Um, how did this uh, collaboration, it, it started in 2016? 2016, we And how did them. it come together? Um, well, it's Saatchi Art, so it's um, it's not Saatchi Gallery. Mm-hmm. So Saatchi Art is an independent company that um, they're actually based in LA. Um, so the whole like, well, how it came about is that so it started actually, funnily enough, it did actually start at the Saatchi Gallery with Rebecca Wilson, mm-hmm. um, who now still works at Saatchi Art. Um, and I knew Rebecca, and we sort of had a number of conversations. We're on similar missions in terms of trying to create opportunities for sort of young and emerging artists, not always young, but emerging artists. Um, and it just made sense to sort of work together. Yeah, because um, they can be emerging and can be the, 60 years old. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we have 85-year-old, an 85-year-old artist That's at great. the fair, who's actually one of our most, probably one of our most successful. He does very well. Um, but yeah, we had similar missions and we, the whole idea is that we have this sort of physical exhibition um, sort of opportunity for artists and then they can sort of promote them online. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have any ideas of further developing this collaboration? Um, well, I mean, it's a fully integrated partnership. So we're both now owned by the same company okay, um, called Leaf Group. Mm-hmm. And... Which is quite nice because it means that we can really sort of work very closely together and we can share data and all of that. Are you completely free in decision making in the creative aspect of the fair? For the fair I am, yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's entirely up to me, I guess. And the fair directors around around the world. Um, We have an office in Sydney, a small one in New York, LA and London. Okay. So I work with that. So the, how it works is that I work with those teams, mm-hmm. um, and we just come up with different ideas. I mean, so it's a blank. How many piece of are paper. you all together? Twenty. Okay. So not too many. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, Enough cool. to sustain our core team for um, the countries that you're mainly active. Yeah, and I guess the way that events work generally is that you sort of get more temporary staff coming in as you get closer to the affair. One question that comes in mind, and I cannot avoid it: having only emerging artist um, doesn't bring a concern about the quality of the mm. work exhibited. Yeah, um, I guess the, more of the challenge for us is that because we're only seeing the work online, work often looks different online to actually when you see it then physically at the fair. So there's always that. So I guess when we're running more fairs and we're becoming more connected to the artists in the city, we get to know the artists. So we can then start selecting and the quality then goes up. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's one of the sort of challenges that we come up against. And there is a, a medium or some media that are more kind of popular uh, than others. Or yeah. do you see changes since you started to today? So digital art, for instance, yeah. is developing. Yeah, sure. Uh, video, VR and yeah. things like that. So is this changing basically the ecology of the art exhibited uh, at the art fair? <sighs> I mean, probably not really, because still that sort of work is quite difficult to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite we do get some art collectors that come to the fair, increasingly more so. Um, but generally speaking, our audience are people that just simply love art. They want to connect to an artist and then they want to buy and own a piece, probably to put on their wall. And like digital art is quite difficult, I think, to sell. So actually, we don't receive that many applications from artists in that working in that medium but then we like we have a vr installation at the fair so people can still engage with that how about sculpture 
which is more yeah. difficult to ship, insure, install. Yeah, I mean, it's always difficult. Um, it's a bit more niche, I guess. I mean, we do get a few sculptors actually that do the fair, mm -hmm. um, but you're looking for a very specific buyer. I mean, you need space. Um, I mean, but then, you know, you sort of hit the jackpot, I'd say. For example, our, la our latest fair in King's Cross, we had this guy that came up and he saw us that we had one sculptor there and he bought the whole collection. So, you know, you just need one of those guys, I guess. So you get the jackpot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's go to the streets, uh, the escapist, and uh, back with Ryan Sta Stanier. <laughs> Stanier. Uh, and, Stanier and the other art fair. Where I am I'm not, not, really not really here. 
So we were talking about the other art fair and um, some collaborations that you had. We started with Asachi Arts, uh, but also you developed um, with with Kate Bryan a collaboration uh, and a project she initiated called Not Thirty Percent. Yeah. So it was about the inclusion of more women. So it kind of uh, to increase the representation of the women in the art fair. Yeah. So that goes. So mm-hmm. the idea behind that was really just to highlight back into well, 2000. I think the statistic has changed from 30% to now 36%. So it's going in the right direction. Um, but no gallery or museum was showing more than 30% female artists at that particular point. So we did an exhibition around that to highlight the issue. Um, I guess we got confidence in doing that because we looked back at the history of the fair and every artist we've worked with over 1,500 artists and. Out of those artists, we realised that for, um, 48% were male. Hmm. So actually 52% were female. So we actually worked with more female artists. You already artists had a good, very so good we, balance yeah, in Yeah, so we have a... And that sort of happened naturally. I mean, the work we... The way that we judge the work is not any... Not based on gender or anything like this. It's just based purely on the work. Um, so it's interesting then to see there's such a clear balance. Mm-hmm. In fact, the upcoming fair we've got, it's an even split 50-50. And this isn't us consciously trying to be fair. We just... But you also, in 2019, it's a, you took a new initiative about uh, more environmental yeah. uh, uh, concerns. Yeah. So what is this um, initiative that you took regarding the environment and... Um, how can be supported by an art fair yeah which is considered to be quite problematic because with art fairs people need to commute a lot yeah uh the 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 footprint that they leave behind to for you know short-term events ephemeral events and all the energy that needs to be produced yeah so how you balance to create a a more kind of environmental approach in relation to an art fair i i'm sure that's something that has concerned you yeah a lot lately I mean, more so now because it's so, you know, it's in the media all the time. We're, we're all suddenly so aware of what's happening. And I think we all have to make conscious decisions in every aspect of the way that we live, right? So as an individual, but also as an organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, events are really bad, at sort of creating waste. Um, so we've essentially, what we're doing is, I mean, we've called it a greener future. Um, and my sort of aim is to become the most sustainable art fair in the world. Um, and in order to achieve that, we have to look at every aspect of the way that we work and try and make smarter decisions. So there's no now no single-use plastics at any of our fairs. Um, we sort of encourage artists to reuse. We use the wrapping paper for sort of bubble wrap and that sort of thing rather than throwing it out and bringing new. Um, we use all recyclable materials with our shipping partner. Um, we use low voltage LED lights for the stands. We reuse all the booths. Um, so we're we're making quite a lot of efforts to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still, you know, we've still got issues of, you know, when I talk about 20% of artists coming internationally, you know, they're still flying in. Yeah. Um, they're shipping work in a lot of the time as well. So, I mean, the ways that we try and encourage them to then offset their carbon emission through planting trees. I and mean, the collectors that they're traveling around to go from Alfred to Alfred. Yeah, I mean, we try. But you're and basically more local. Based. We're local, exactly. Mm. So we're trying to get local collectors. So and we try and encourage people to come in on public transport and that sort of thing. And how do you approach the local collectors? How do you find them? And oh, how do you try? We can't to give you our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> oh please, come on. <laughs> It's a unique opportunity uh, to yeah, share with our exactly. audience it's just us on the art hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do we find them? I guess, I mean, it's more about creating a brand and a fair, a fair and an event that sort of, um, you know, excites people and they want to come along. Um, and I think, especially in London, we've really created that. And we now have like a database of people that sort of actively come to the fair. And um, yeah, I guess we've got a bit of a name for ourselves for that. Mm-hmm. Does it take time? It does. I mean, do you see difference from uh, your first editions in London to today and the new editions in other areas? Yeah. It's related also to the population or how cultivated the audiences are, how much interested in the art are? Yeah, I mean... So do do you educate collectors in a way? Yeah. Do you create collectors? There's, I mean, there's so many factors that go into it. I mean, 
generally speaking even the timing i remember sorry yeah, i interrupt you i put an event once and it was uh, um with the world cup coinciding yeah. so it was a disaster yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's something i could never kind of uh, think of as a factor yeah uh, but these things <laughs> can happen they, they have a major impact so, tell me about your timing to start up with okay so in terms of factors well i mean i guess my biggest challenge always is to find 14 venues around the world and in each city get the right date obviously the date is such a key aspect because it doesn't coincide with other any other major event in that city um, but when you launch a fair i mean you're not expecting 15,000 people through the door um although you try and get them through you know so usually we get about 10,000 at the beginning and then that might go up to 15 20,000 after a couple of years i think the key point is how do we get buyers buying from day one i think that's the one thing that we're focused on um, and it's and that education starts before they arrive so it's trying to tell teach them well first of all tell them about all the artists that are going to be there so they can start searching I mean this is where Saatchi Art comes in they can look at the work before they arrive to the fair because art is such a you know it's an investment it's a considered piece often if you're spending a thousand pounds or more or less you know it might not be a spare of the moment decision that you make so the more we can do in the lead up to the fair means the more likelihood that they're actually going to buy something when they're there mm-hmm. um, an interesting statistic and we're, we're sort of looking at this at the moment it's sort of oftenly spoken about the art world do a bad job at sort of converting people um, and what that means is you know how often do you Sounds go to very a... religious <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but converting um, visitors or people that are interested in your gallery into buyers so how often do you go to an exhibition where everybody's there having a drink how many of them I'm always interested in how many of them are actually buying something I mean, I don't know. I don't know the statistic, but um, we know that at the fair, we get up to 10% of our visitors actually buy something, um, which I'm pretty proud of. And I think it's I quite think a it's high percentage. Yeah. yeah. And I think I sort of attribute, um, attribute that to the sort of environment that's created. Um, and also, it's just totally non-threatening. You know, it's open and people can chat to an artist and... I think that's why it's there's more a high engaging. conversion. More engaging. You mentioned briefly uh, about workshops. What are these workshops about? Um, so we put on a workshop before the event for mm-hmm. all the artists showing at the fair. Mm-hmm. And then we talked to them about market, how do they promote themselves in the lead up. Everything from you know pricing their work all the way through to what nails they can use to hang their work. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, earthquake. Tyler, mm. the creator. Why earthquake? Um, it's not earth, it's earth. Yeah, yeah, earth. I don't know why it's called that, actually. I just think Tyler, the creator, is the sexiest man alive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go sexy and uh, back with Ryan and the other art fair. For real, for real, this time. Uh, don't give a fuck about no, uh, 
Ain't like for my lord, and my car my lord. Look on set me up, bitch don't set me up. Over tired of you, it's no cause. And she weak, like woe vegan. Oh my god, oh my damn not ten. Back to the studio with uh, Ryan Stanier. Yes, and the other rapper. <laughs> and um, uh, during all these years of experience, have you noticed, Ryan, any changes uh, in the art market mm. of uh, what people may um, require or not? I mean, we've seen that um, the middle range of galleries, for instance, yeah. were very troubled uh, for the last few years yeah. many many galleries with a long experience had to close yeah well we see that uh, the the edges are still doing quite well so yeah. the, the very emerging low beginning yeah and the the high end yeah um so you are as an art fair you're somewhere in between i i feel between the emerging and established yeah uh, have you seen um uh, in impact changes in the art market from uh, your audiences? Yeah, I mean, I guess from our perspective, in terms of like price points, um, we're at the lower end. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing more, more and more people buying art. And that's what we're experiencing. Not only, you know, sort of internationally, but I mean, I'm specifically talking about London. Um, each fair that we've ever run, I think we've now run 20 fairs, every fair has r- sold a few more artworks than the last. Mm-hmm. So certainly it's going in the right direction. Um, sort of, you know, when I observe what else is going on, I have lots of friends whose galleries have closed and that sort of thing. And of course that's a problem. And it's a problem for our artists as well, who are sort of looking at making the next step mm-hmm. to them being represented maybe from an, from a gallery. Well, sometimes um, it had representation and now they're left with that. Exactly. Mm. And I guess, <laughs> unfortunately, that probably benefits us. Mm. Because then you have good standard artists without gallery representation still needing exposure. Mm-hmm. So we probably get on a bit of a knock-on effect from that. Um, but yeah, so from our perspective, it's quite positive. Um, Do you think the criteria of buying have changed, it, have changed at all? I think either consciously or unconsciously, my theory would mm-hmm. be either consciously or unconsciously, this idea of investment when you're buying art is a kind of justification to buy it. So I think first and foremost, at least with our audience, people are buying because they love an artwork. And they probably connected to the artist, they want to support that artist. Um, so that's kind of their you know, reason for buying. So it's a chemistry. It's yeah, more it's of alchemy. Chemistry. Exactly. It's more of an alchemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than the Which investment. Is, yeah, so they're buying for love, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I do think, I mean, even for me, when I'm... I consider the idea of investment if I'm buying something. I might love an artwork, but the question would still run through my mind, you know, do I think this artist is going to... What I don't want, I guess, is a better way of answering the question, is what I don't want is to buy an an artwork from an artist and then for that artist to stop making art and Mm. disappear and go and get a real job, right? Yeah. (laughs) So... um, yeah, I think it's a consideration. Does this create even for us. A, a sense of responsibility towards the artist to continue supporting them because you know that if they don't receive the support, exactly. they will have to give up because it's not sustainable for them anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we know from working with obviously all these artists now that a lot of people that they meet at the fair, their buyers then become good friends or real supporters of their work. And there's so many examples of them, those collectors then putting on shows for those artists. Um, so the knock-on effects, I think, you know, can be really quite exciting for an artist. Uh, do the fairs of the other art fair um, link to one another? I mean, there is the local aspect of each yeah. one of them. They have the same vibe, as yeah. you said. Yeah. Uh, the same, perhaps, uh, identity, yeah. which is adapted locally. Yeah. But is there a further connection to the fairs between them? Um, I guess the teams will work really closely together. That's mm-hmm. the main connection. 
other exchange of partnerships or different partnerships and collaborations that um, yeah. you know because there are, you can get a sponsor for instance yeah. or develop a, span, a sponsorship a partnership yeah. in LA yeah uh, but that may not uh, stand in the UK might this open an right. opportunity to do it in the UK or the, or vice versa yeah. so how is this kind of uh, network is is it strongly linked or it's more loose and independent i think from a partnership and sponsorship perspective generally speaking when you're speaking to brands you would be speaking to the head of marketing for um, north america say and so then for example bombay Spa uh, sapphire being one of our major sponsors would do all of our US fares, but they're not going to do UK and Australia because they're a different team. Mm. Um, they can link us in, but you know they all have different set agendas and objectives, and that's sort and of different thing. budgets. And different <laughs> budgets, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's no link in that sense. Um, I mean, obviously the teams, some of the artists go between fares. Some partnerships will work across um, different um, cities. For example, Art Below, who are based here in London, who do art on the underground. Um, they've now got a presence in LA, so they come and do our LA fair, and we do a partnership with them there. Mm -hmm. We do try. I mean, we, you know, like I go back to the spirit. I really want every fair should and does feel like, you know, a fair in Sydney feels like a London fair. Um, so that definitely translates all the way through. Are, are there any forthcoming collaborations uh, that we should expect from the other art fair? Um, a good one would be our guest artist. We've just confirmed for the upcoming London fair is Noel Fielding. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be creating some work for us coming along to the fair and it's an opportunity for people to meet him and buy work from him. Have you ever considered uh, public commissions? Um, and uh, works that could stay for longer? Yeah. Like a uh, heritage? Yeah, I mean, Something I'd love to. to. Behind? Um, I'd love to do that sort of thing. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, how we go about doing it, I don't know. To be honest, I don't really sort of, um, I wouldn't know where to start, to be honest. <laughs> Well, Any tips? Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> definitely we can discuss it about <laughs> later on. Uh, but uh, let's go to Led Zeppelin and Stay Away to Heaven. Um, but I think it's time for us to, to close soon as well. So Ryan, just tell me when are the next dates of the London Art Fair? Okay, so the next dates for London are the 19th to the 23rd of March, mm -hmm. 2020. Mm-hmm. And what is coming next after London? After they're the same dates as Sydney. The same dates. Same dates as Sydney. And how do you do that? You separate yourself. I have a twin. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't really. Um, no, I, I'll probably just be here in London for the London Fair. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, we have LA, then Brooklyn, then Dallas, then Toronto, um, and then some of those then will repeat back in the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, something that we should expect or not expect from the new edition of the London Art Fair? Um, I would say if you come to the fair, then go and check out the Calm Collective. So the Calm are our charity partner um, and they're curating it. Well, actually, it's the Connor Brothers who are curating an area there. All the proceeds go back to Calm. Are the Connor Brothers brothers or is this just one artist? No, they're two brothers. Oh, they're not brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spreading rumours. <laughs> Brothers from another mother, I guess. Yeah, okay. they're friends. Uh, uh, Brian Stanio, thank you very <laughs> much for being on the Art Hour. Um, thank you. With me today. And uh, we're looking forward to another exciting edition of uh, the Other Art Fair. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a nice day.
Stand alone. 